Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me, as always, is my co-host and circus stunt performer, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you doing? You know, I'm great. You know, when you and I first got the idea for this podcast, one of the movies we took a peek at was Dumbo. Yes. Uh, Dumbo is such an interesting movie. Uh, and I, I mean that in a positive sense. It's, it's. I don't know how you replicate what they achieved with Dumbo here. Um, I just know that it exists and it is singularly unlike almost anything else that exists in that space. The closest I think we've got is Bambi. But even yeah. then, I mean, we have a movie here with a protagonist who is entirely silent. That's yeah. such an incredible feat to pull off. It's so great, right? Yeah. Well, some some key facts to set the stage. Uh, Dumbo is based on a roller book story written by Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl and illustrated by Helen Durney. So a roller book, Larry, uh, it was patented in 1938 by inventor Everett Whitmire. And it's a novelty book with pictures printed on a scroll. So in order to read the book, children have to twist dials on a box or knobs on a box to queue up the next frame. And if you replace the scroll, of course, you get a new book, right? Um, D- Disney optioned the story of Dumbo the Flying Elephant, and it buys all the rights to the piece. But there are still a few like little golden books out there floating around uh, that you can fi- if you can find one, uh, good luck. And Disney has combed their own archives to try to find this roll of book, and nobody can seem to put their fingers on it. Story artists Dick Humor and Joe Grant are the ones who create this script. And when they share it with Walt Disney, they write it almost like a novel, a chapter at a time to sort of whet his appetite for more. And it doesn't look like a movie script. It looks like a book, right? So the animation team then takes that piece and breaks it down further into storyboards to get what we, their typical process at this time, which is not a a paper script. It's really, it's really storyboards. So Dumbo releases in time for Christmas in October of 1941. And the movie released a month after Citizen Kane. And there's this cliche that develops uh, claimed by Disney historian Leonard Malton to be from a reviewer. Now, I can't find this original reference, but uh, Disney's Dumbo. Here's the cliche. Ready? Disney's Dumbo contains more camera angles than Citizen Kane. Wow. Uh, Okay. So in early 1942, Dumbo begins to be shown as the first part of a double feature featuring Citizen Kane, which is the Orson Welles and Herman Mankiewicz masterpiece, right? So I think that's interesting. Uh, There is, there's a whole lot here. I mean, there are a lot of movie reviewers and they're saying, well, okay, this isn't really art. But then some of them are saying it really is art. So reading some of the movie reviews from that period are really interesting. If you purchase the 60th anniversary edition DVD of Dumbo, you'll notice in one of the extras um, a sneak peek at Dumbo 2. And this movie was supposed to star Dumbo and Timothy Mouse. And according to Disney Wiki, a whole host of other baby animals, each of whom represented a different stage of childhood, getting separated in New York City. Uh, and while trying to find their way back, each character learned how to fix his or her own problems. 
And the proposed movie also sought to explain what happened to Dumbo's father, Mr. Jumbo, who is noticeably absent in this film. Wow. Uh, but that, and I wanna, that, that movie never got made. I want to I throw out a little bit about the, the criticism that this movie isn't art. There are absolutely sequences in this movie that are visually breathtaking and impressive as all get out. Uh, yeah. I, I recognize that there's a lot of this where they're not reinventing the wheel as they often do for Disney movies, where they're trying a completely different style. But I do think there's plenty of exper- experimentation happening oh, here. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and just some some shots, I even like the hippos under under the water where I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is gorgeous to look at. Well, even the opening shot, right? Uh, I say shot, like it's not drawn, right? But the opening scene of here's the clouds and they're moving and here's the rain over the clouds and the lightning. I'm like, this is this is beautiful in nature. And it's it's just this gorgeous, it's gorgeous work. Yes, agreed. But Larry, we we would we would be remiss if we did not talk about there is a about this. There is a lot of injustice in this Florida circus. Should we talk about the elephant in the room, Andy? I think we should. <laughs> I can't believe you missed that. I, I was leaving that setup for you, and uh, if you're not going to take it, I that's, am. That's good. There are multiple multiple elephants in this room. I'm afraid. Um. Yeah, you want to start? Well, I want to I'll start us off here. So, let's let's deal with the crows first if you don't mind. So, Andy and I have had a lot of discussion about the crows in Dumbo. Uh and for every we did research on them. And for every article we found that supports the crows, um thinks thinks that they are harmless, even beneficial, there are certainly equal number of reviews which talk about them as perpetuating a stereotype, uh, doing harm, and let's face it, if the lead crow is named Jim Crow, that name isn't doing any favors there. Nope. But ultimately, ultimately, what Andy and I decided is we can't solve this problem. We we can't really, we don't even really want to grapple with it. Both of us instinctually cringed at at what we saw with the crows, their mannerisms, their vernacular. Uh, it felt caricaturish to us, but neither of us are in the position to uh, wholeheartedly make a statement about them at this time. Right. If you find it problematic, we're with you. We get <laughs> it. Uh, but we're just going to deal with them as story elements and character elements and not and not not grapple with the greater uh, unpacking of that. Right. Uh, right. Equally sure. problematic. And, oh, maybe, and we'll, maybe more so. And maybe more so. And, and maybe something that doesn't get as much attention um, is the division within the circus itself. Uh, and this was something, you know, my, my 10 year old noticed that, th- that the employees of the circus in the early scenes are clearly separated by race. Mm-hmm. It's a um, segregated circus for it sure. It is 100% a segregated circus. Um, you know, at the beginning, we see the Caucasian 
employees of the circus. They're packing the the animals away, but that's that's in public. That's the public eye. It's sunny out. It's part of it's part of the conclusion of the circus. We're putting the circus away and leaving town, and there's an audience for that. Right. When there's no audience, that's when the African American uh, workers in the circus come out in the rain when it's time to set up the circus and there's no audience about and the song that they sing the song of the roustabouts oh boy uh is it problematic i it's it is it's more cringy to me than you know the again the the crows like a lot of you'll have band records or even band classic films from people like Cab Calloway and Louis Armstrong, uh, music from, from Harlem, from St. Louis, from Los Angeles during that period. That's kind of mixing gospel and jazz and, and, and of course New Orleans, right? Like the, the crows scene kind of mimics some of that, um, that back chat and the, the scat and all of that, like it mimics some of that. The roustabouts, dude, not like they have white voices. <laughs> They're singing about how happy they are in a minor key. It is cringe. And I mean, even tough. the way they're introduced, they oh. are exiting the train the same way the animals are exiting the train. Yeah. And the oh. animals are being put to work in the same exact way, little Dumbo grabs a hammer and starts hammering at the pegs. The yeah. lyrics of the song um, indicating that they can't save money and it's it's uh, and it does nothing for the movie. It does no. nothing for it. The crows are no. at least characters within the movie. They serve a plot function. This, uh, yeah. It's it's tough. It's really tough to watch. And it, it takes away, I think, from Dumbo for me. Um, and uh, yeah, it so. is blessedly a blink and you'll miss it section of Dumbo. Uh, it, yeah. it very much we haven't really moved into into that's a, that's a it's a beat in the story, but it's yeah. not a beat in the story that I think it's a great time to go to the bathroom during Dumbo. That's yes. that's that's how it feels in that moment. Okay. Should, should we grab in? Should we jump into it? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Tana time. And it's been a while since I've explained the Tana, so I'll do that here. This is the question that we ask at the start of the Jewish holiday of Passover. Why is this night different from all other nights? Uh, and when we ask this question about a movie, what we're asking is, why does this story begin at the moment where it begins? And I really do have a question here about this. We begin, uh, I believe we begin with the song, Look Out for Mr. Stork. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, it's the it's the indication that, uh, hey, it's, it's time for babies to be delivered. And apparently there was a magical evening at this circus many months ago where all of the animals <laughs> looked at each other and... <laughs> And it was a beautiful night. It was a beautiful <laughs> night for all involved. In, and and so there is a mass delivery happening 
at, right. at the circus. But what's interesting to me is we're expecting our our little bundle of joy, Dumbo, to be delivered. But he isn't delivered here. Right, right. So, so what is it? Why are we choosing this moment where Dumbo isn't born uh, or delivered, rather, because no one is born in this mythology? Uh, right. why, why are we starting here rather than at Dumbo's delivery? Do you have any thoughts about this? I do. I think it serves almost as a prologue where we get to see this longing from Mrs. Jumbo as Storks deliver baby after baby after baby, but there's no baby for her. And, uh, and there are no other elephant babies either. And so it's a, it's a moment where we get to m- really meet her and see how much this baby is wanted and desired. And, you know, yeah, it we're, we're doesn't seeing, happen. We're seeing, I think, at the beginning of this movie, the absence of Dumbo. Right. Uh, set, set, setting the, setting the, our compasses for... There is something missing from Mrs. Jumbo's life, mm-hmm. uh, not just missing from the story, but that that the world prior to Dumbo is incomplete. We we mm-hmm. need him to be born, and we immediately get some empathy from Mrs. Jumbo because she wants this so much. Mm-hmm. She wants to. She clearly wants to be a mother so much that when Dumbo is delivered shortly thereafter uh it'll feel like a miracle it is it does feel like a miracle and then it sets up just how if if we just have dumbo arrive on the scene and we don't see how wanted he is and then the jeering starts it might be more comedy you know then i think if we see this kind of longing it almost makes it more tragic and, and and gives us more of a how dare you moment. That is a great point. She wants this so much that when Dumbo is going to experience that first bit of rejection, mm-hmm. we can see, we can see like they're spitting in the face of a miracle. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it right. wasn't because the experience wasn't perfect to the other elephants. Because it isn't absolutely perfect by their definition of what what this moment should be um that that they're taking for granted something we in the audience won't and maybe that's nice because for us in the audience we don't see it as the tragedy of dumbo's uh big ears we're still experiencing the miracle with mrs jumbo that's so smart storytelling wise Mm -hmm. to set it up that way i don't know that i appreciated it till you brought that point up yeah, I think I think you're setting the tone for what you want the audience to feel. So if if we just want them because this movie, you know, this movie shifts tones a lot. Um it does. You start you start wondering, is it a Tom and Jerry cartoon or is it a serious story about mothers and loss? Like, and if we just have the baby come when the stork brings all of the bundles, then it isn't a miracle. And it gets that kind of cartoonish whatever. But, you know, they're using that cartoon medium to tell a serious story. That's very cool. Let's take a look at the plot sequence a little bit here. So the opening where we establish it's a circus, 
We, we spend a lot of time establishing that there are a bunch of different animals at that circus, uh, although that won't play a huge role in this movie. Uh, but they, they do some world building. Uh, we know that we're set in Florida. Uh, we, we get a lot of information in that way. Uh, but what would you say the inciting incident of this movie is? I can look to two moments in particular that feel like the inciting incident. I think for me, when Mrs. Jumbo protects Dumbo or Jumbo Jr. I mean, let's just say it. His name is Jumbo Jr., right? Uh, from some <laughs> from some jeering boys and lands in prison and Dumbo's left to fend for himself. It I mean, feels is- like the... That feels like, well, it sets up the dramatic question, right? And the dramatic question for this movie is, is Dumbo going to be reunited with his mother? I mean, is that, is certainly, to- that is certainly when the problem really appears. Right. Uh, I think the movie, pause, I think your answer is right, Andy. I think your answer is the better answer. I think the movie presumes that the birth of Dumbo, or even just a couple of seconds later, the reveal of Dumbo's giant ears... Mm-hmm. is the inciting incident of this movie. But it doesn't really propel our characters into action the way that the moment that you've pointed out, Mrs. Jumbo being taken away from Dumbo, does. Right. I mean, it, the expos- it feels more like exposition, which is fine. I mean, it's it's still within, if you look at the movie and you're like, okay, where are we, you know, number-wise? I mean, it's fine to have that in exposition. Yeah, We're still, I, you know, yeah. Com- completely agree. So rising action, this movie is fairly straightforward. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, not hard to do rising action or climax at all here. We have a number of sequences. Uh, Dumbo is shunned by the other elephants. He meets Timothy. Timothy gets him a gig uh, with the other elephants. That goes badly. Dumbo joins the clowns. That's not great. Uh, Timothy and Dumbo get drunk. Uh, unintentionally, unintentionally, uh, they find themselves up a tree where they meet the crows. What would you say the climax of this movie is the moment of truth? Well, I think it's when Dumbo flies in the circus, right? Almost immediately at the end, right? Yeah. It's Dumbo is falling. Uh, the magic feather, which Dumbo believes to be the source of his ability to fly, has slipped from his grasp, mm-hmm. and Timothy is desperately trying to tell Dumbo it wasn't the feather, it was it always you. you. Yeah. Is Dumbo going to fly, or is is the, the floor going to be splattered with elephant jelly? Uh, that's, that is the climax. Of course, Dumbo does fly. He right. gets his comeuppance, uh, not his comeuppance, he provides comeuppance against the clowns. And uh, we get some falling action pretty quickly here. We see okay. a bunch of newspaper articles about Dumbo. Uh, in, in some way, he's influenced the war effort. Um, there are, <laughs> there are, you know, he's a Hollywood Timothy, star. Somehow, right? Timothy has legal standing to be his manager, which I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Uh, I have a lot of questions about that moment. But 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 most importantly, he's been reunited with his mother. He's a star. Everyone loves him. But his he's with his mom again. They're hmm. still with the circus. The end, happily ever after. And it wraps that dramatic question, right? Dumbo's not not there because another dramatic question also emerges in this, and 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 it is: Can Dumbo fly? Yeah, I mean, how did that? How did that happen? 
What, well, and what, we never get an answer know, to that, right? No, we don't really, except that he got drunk one night and <laughs> figured out he could fly, wound but, up in a tree. It's pretty yeah. funny. No, I'm stuff. I'm with you, and and we can talk about that a little bit because I want to talk when we when we get to the music when we get to Pink Elephants on Parade. I've got some questions there. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, well, let's talk about the use of music in this. We talked about Look Out for Mister Stork. I noticed um, um, Sterling Holloway is the Stork, obviously, and everyone else just gets their baby, but Mrs. Jumbo has to sign for hers. Yeah, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she applied for her baby FedEx and everybody else got their baby UPS or or what had you. Like what happened, but something happened. And and uh, and not only that, like he gets to sing happy birthday to him, which I think is really pretty precious. And another another use of music in this movie. Yeah, uh, certainly, certainly interesting. Um, there's the Casey Jr. going up the tracks. It, this movie is kind of, very briefly, does the little engine that could yeah. uh, as part of the story. It's an, I, I wonder what you make of the anthropomorphization of Casey Jr. in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's, it's so much, for me, evokes the, the railroad at Disney. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the sound of that train uh, going through there, but they they make the train a character. This is also not explained. Uh, I I felt like they were setting up that maybe. I mean, I've seen the movie a million times, so I know this isn't true. But when sure. I try to watch this movie with fresh eyes, I think to myself, Are they setting up that the train is going to be a character that Dumbo talks to or mm-hmm. interacts with? Uh, that the train is in in some ways a magical entity. It right. is not. It is not. No, and, and structurally, it, it almost acts like the nature scenes do in Bambi. Um, you st- we know that when we see the train, we're going to get new information. Like that scene, it almost, it's also a segue from scene to scene. Right. So um, when we see the nature scenes in Bambi, for example, this, you know, we'll get a song and, and whatever, but it's almost this sort of... Um, it's a way to ease the tension, but at the same time, it tells us there's more to this story or, um, and the, the train is, uh, you know, I think I can, I think I can, I thought I could, I thought I could. Right. Yeah. Um, it tells us sort of, it, it sort of embeds in us this idea that, um, something we're going to have a struggle. Right. One thing I've, one thing I've noticed about the music in Dumbo and this isn't really a criticism so much as it is an observation, is the music very much feels like the way music used to be used for, I'm to a degree still is used for theater, which is it's designed to cover the scene change. It's designed mm-hmm. to, so that the audience isn't just sitting there waiting for the set to, to be shifted and we're sitting in darkness watching the stagehands move everything. Interesting. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like someone should have like sat Walt down and said, you, you know, this is a movie. <laughs> you don't, need you don't, you don't need, you don't need to, to do this for, you don't need the music to cover for it. But I do think like the function is always almost with almost all of the songs to get us from A to B. Yeah. Um, to, to, to explain we've moved in location. Um, but, but, uh, that there's, there's very little depth to what we're hearing with 
a couple of exceptions. And one of the uh, big exceptions, the, the the first song, and maybe the only song in this movie that has so much emotional heart to it is Baby Mine. Oh my God. <laughs> Andy. Yeah, I challenge any person, especially new mother, uh, to hear this and not just absolutely sob. I or, an old, or an old mother like myself. It is, or an old parent. I mean, it is, it's rough. Or, it, it or, is. Someone who is decidedly masculine, I'll use my masculine voice here, but also has a maternal side. I also sobbed during Baby Mine because Baby Mine gets to an emotional truth about the power and love that can exist between mother and child. Yeah. Right. And it's and it's not just that they're locked away from each other. And and the hardest part of this is that I might cry right now. That Mrs. Jumbo can't help Dumbo grow up and grow no. into the person or she to the can, elephant that he needs she, to be, right? She can um, either see him or touch him. She yep. can't do both. And what gets me is that when Dumbo is there, she chooses to touch Dumbo rather than see Dumbo because it's about his experience of this moment for her and not and, and not, not her own she doesn't right. look at him until he's out of range to be touched right? yeah and you know other than the song mother never speaks directly to her son this she, is the she way she does that never yeah. speaks she has one line which is to name him they right? also have this one moment where she uh vocalizes at him and he vocalizes back and that's it yeah. Um, the, but it's like I said, you blink, you miss it. But that, they that, don't really talk. They talk elephant talk to each other like you might coo to a baby, but they don't speak words to each other. So. Exactly right. Exactly right. Ah, and then, of course, there's elephants on parade. Which... I, we need to talk about pink elephants on parade. <laughs> Let's do pink elephants on parade. Um, okay. This is what was known in my house growing up as the scary part of Dumbo. Ah. Um, not that I think it's terribly scary and not that I think I was the one that was scared. I, I won't, I won't out which of my sibling or cousins was scared of this sequence, but they know who they are. Um, but, uh, but it is weird. It's a oh, weird moment. It's, it's, it, it feels like Salvador Dali almost. It's yeah. surreal. It has this Fantasia quality to it. Um, and it's I, I I remember when I was a kid, like they would talk about like the 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 older the elder people in my life would say, "Oh, they're seeing pink elephants," right. meaning they were drunk. <laughs> right? I never caught on to that. Oh, that this is I never caught on to that until actually this viewing. I was like, "Yeah, I kind of remember that." So Aww. interesting insight from my youngest about this this number. And I, mm -hmm. I think what he had to say was pretty smart, and I'm going to expand upon it. The What he immediately compared it to was heffalumps and woozles. Oh, yeah. From, from Winnie sure. the Pooh. Sure. And I think he's right to parallel those two. They're both nightmarish dream sequences. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the sort of comedy we're getting from the characters is very similar in both of these. But he says that this is inferior to heffalumps and woozles. Uh, in part because it's too long. Mm. But but I think what he was also getting at, and I'll articulate for him, is in Pink Elephants on Parade, Dumbo and Timothy aren't oriented. with They aren't positioned 
within mm-hmm. the dream sequence. When we're watching Heffalumps and Woozles, we're seeing Pooh in his dream being right. very loosely tormented by the Heffalumps and Woozles who are eating his honey. But we right. see his reactions to them, and therefore we know how to respond to them. Uh, we can respond to it the way that Pooh responds to it. But because we don't really watch beyond the first few seconds, Dumbo and and Timothy's reaction to Pink Mm -hmm. Elephants on Parade. As a viewer, I think we get lost as to how, quote unquote, scary this is supposed to be. Mm. I also think that plot wise, this this number is supposed to do something that it simply doesn't do which is Dumbo should flee the pink elephants and that should prompt him to flight. We should see it in a dream sequence, something that indicates that Dumbo is flying away from the pink elephants. Maybe we don't really know, did that really happen or was it just a dream? And then when we see him up the tree, we realize, oh, it was a fear response Wow, that's that's really great. And it is, that's exactly right. It is a missed opportunity. Wow, that's good. Good good job. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was a team effort here at the Brenner house. (laughs) Great job, Brenner family. (laughs) Yes, but but other also without that, we just get lost in the pink elephants from it. And even even if you're if you're not in that moment, you're like it's beauty, but that doesn't drive the story. And so the pink elephants on parade doesn't really drive the story. In the same way in which um, you know, this feels to me almost like a sequence that could have been in the Three Caballeros or Saludos mm-hmm. Amigos, sure, where it's just sure. wild and wacky animation. The animators are having a good time, but right. it isn't actually serving a story function. But man, is it cool. It is super <laughs> cool. It is super cool. It's ah. just one of those tonal shifts you talked about. Yeah. The, you're not prepared for the movie to go to this weird place. Right, right. Although I do like it when movies go to weird places, so. Eh. Hey, I'm an Alice in Wonderland guy from day one. You know that. (laughs) That's right. right. Um, And of course, when I see an elephant fly, which um, is, you know, the Hall Johnson Choir, they're an all-black gospel group based in Los Angeles. And so I really think that there's, I mean, in addition to what meager representation there is here pre-World War Two, there is some, and so that's kind of neat. And hearing the those vocal imitations of instruments uh, from Cliff Edwards, who comes in to help out, um, it's it's cool. I mean, I think it's kind of a cool story, a cool song. I, when I will say, in the nineteen seventies, in my Disney long playing record uh, phase, which may have never ended, actually, um, this song was often included in uh you know anthologies uh of songs so this you was know, the, it's catchy the, the lyrics are very clever there's They're a lot of really clever. fun play on words it's a song that i think almost might be better experienced read yeah. than it than than heard because i think you miss uh, a number of the clever things that are being said here uh, right. that that being said you know, as I said earlier, the crow section is hard for me to watch. It's tough. Uh, yeah. So uh, I I wish it wasn't. I, I yeah. wish it was I mean, easier. it's a cool poem. The idea of a peanut stand and a rubber band and a needle that winks its eye. I mean, that's yes. cool. That's cool yes. stuff. 
Dick All Herman. right. Um, let's talk, get into characters. Let's talk about Jumbo Jr. Andy, he's Dumbo. Dumbo. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> what you're trying to do here. I, he I get Dumbo. it. God I get him. it. But he, he you he can't. Is. He 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 is Dumbo. Uh, I mean, but the brilliant he, the brilliant thing about this movie is that our protagonist never talks. Yes, I mean that is he is silent. He is, but we know visually he's sweet. He's scared. He's a little kid. He's a baby. He's, he's a flirt. He's he's all the things that a baby is. It's awesome. He's awesome. And he's he's a he's not he's a smart baby too. He mm-hmm. outsmarts Timothy for those first couple of peanuts, right? Right. Like right. Timothy thinks he has the upper hand. He's gonna lure Dumbo out with a couple of peanuts, and Dumbo's like, eh, I'm not so easy. Right. Uh, that being said, it's it's hard it's hard to dissect uh Dumbo and really put him under a microscope here. Uh, at, as I will quote my 10-year-old son uh, when he was four, Dumbo said, said me. And then later on, now Dumbo Aww. happy, happy me. And that's Aww. that's really that's really what it yeah. is. Dumbo feels what he feels, and you yeah. know it. There's no pretense. There's no, there's there's no like like what's the subtext? He's all text because he's a baby, and you and we want to reach in the screen and hold that little elephant. And man, when she, when when his mom wraps him in his own ears, I'm in. I'm all in. Oh, for sure. Would you swaddle him? Oh, oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So Mrs. Jumbo, let's talk about her. She uh, loved. Uh, she is a mother. Uh, and she is protective of her child, mm-hmm. and she is not. She is not willing. She makes a choice. Yeah, there are other elephants who are her only social circle. Mm-hmm. She has the choice to be with them or be with Dumbo, and it is a no-brainer. It is Dumbo all the way. Um, and if they don't like it, she's done with them. She right. doesn't need them. They have the, to work the- together. They don't have to be friends. The moment when she takes that iron peg out and closes the door. Good for her. Yeah. Well, my my family likes to call them the Karen elephants. (laughs) So, so, you know. I I have strong feelings about those ladies. Um, (laughs) Me too. They're terrible. They are. And they start out okay. But again, it kind of speaks to this idea of... um, this baby's born and doesn't look like all the others, right? So there's a nature of disability. There's something that's different. And and the the prevailing wisdom at the time is you just get rid of things that aren't, or dismiss things that are different. Okay. I'm and, gonna, this, and this movie challenges that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go even further here. Okay. Uh, this is, this is too much. I'm going too far. Okay. But what pisses me off about the other elephants is they are ready when Dumbo is born to be his aunties. Yep. They are willing. They're like, oh, isn't he cute? Isn't he adorable? They are willing to be that. They're willing to provide it. They're capable of providing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the so so he gets that love directed at him, and then through no fault of his own, they immediately withdraw it. Yep. They immediately take it back. And 
Love does not work that way. No. They are revealed in that moment. Um, you know, in particular, I get mad at the matriarch. Oh, who, the great, who's the great Verna Felton, right? She's the fairy godmother in Cinderella. She's the queen of hearts in Alice. She's Flora in Sleeping Beauty. She's fantastic. Who I wish they spent more time developing her mm-hmm. in this movie because I feel like she's seen things and I would want to position her differently from the other elephants. That mm-hmm. the other elephants are like, ew, he's got big ears. She is should similarly be repulsed that he has big ears. But she knows her duty. Uh, she, you know, like she's gonna, she's she to a point, you know, like she's got her pride. And mm-hmm. but there's an obligation. There are things she must do for Dumbo when his mother gets taken away. And like mm-hmm. we could really make a meal out of this character and give her a complicated relationship with Dumbo and not have her completely close the door to Dumbo until he becomes a clown. That we see with Yeah, what, that could be interesting. Like that that at first she's like, listen, I don't like this. Uh, pardon me, I don't like this freak any more than you do, but he's mm-hmm. an elephant and we protect our own. And that that she gets to a point where she's able to not consider let let's let's work that transition a little bit. I think it'll mm-hmm. hit a little harder when she's the one who gives up on him and excommunicates him. Mm-hmm. Uh as it is, when she says we no longer consider him an elephant, you weren't even letting him eat hay before. What did right. you what did you take away from you were jerks to begin with? Like you were, you were not like doing a halfway job with Dumbo. They really turn on Mrs. Jumbo, and they I do. think I think their turn on Dumbo is more of an extension of their turning on Mrs. Jumbo. Sure, because out of je- it feels it feels like jealousy to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Can we talk about my favorite character? Let's talk about your favorite character, Timothy Q. Mouse. Ah, yes, Edward Brophy, the character actor who, um, he, man, if you look at his roster, he has appeared in films with Buster Keaton and William Powell and Myrna Loy and Spencer Tracy and just on and on. So he he pops up in classic film quite a bit. But he's great. Oh, yeah. So great. So I was prepared for us to have our standard conversation, Andy, that that you literally wrote the essay on about these movies that have the protagonist function split between two characters. Mm -hmm. I was prepared to say that Dumbo and Timothy as a pair is problematic in the same way that Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket uh, is problematic. It is not problematic here. No, not even a little bit. When Timothy- now, and now, if we had met Timothy Mouse in the beginning and he had served as the narrator of this story, I'd be like, yeah, that's, uh, but it, we would have the same, some more problems. But no, we get him at just the right time. We get him we, when, he, when he's needed, when right. he's needed. He shows up. And when I mean he shows up, I really mean he shows up and he shows up. He stands mm-hmm. up, right? He comes in there. He sees that Dumbo is being mistreated by the other elephants and... Through his own goodness, through his mm-hmm. own goodness, he just says, "I'm. what's wrong with his ears? I think he's cute. 
When he sees that they bully him, he goes in and, and he gets them to back off. He makes them all flee from him, exposing right. them, exposing them as fools. Essentially. And he takes a lot of pleasure in bringing those Karen elephants some justice, right? Like he doesn't. Uh, interestingly, though, he's, you know, my scare elephants, right? I mean, that's but not really true, he, but it's a longstanding cartoon convention. Right. But he doesn't scare Dumbo. He does scare Dumbo. A Dumbo little. is hiding in the in the hay and At doesn't first. want to come out a little bit. Timothy says, I'm yeah, not going to hurt that's you. True. He yeah, works right. to earn Dumbo's trust. Yeah, and Dumbo uh, does trust him. Yep. And, and you know, he he basic basically shows what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I can't, I need to contrast him with Jiminy just a little bit. Oh, sure, sure. When we meet Jiminy, Jiminy is down on his luck. His hat is broken. His clothes are worn. Uh, he's taking lodging in this house. He's just coincidentally there. He volunteers for the job of being Pinocchio's conscience. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he he's, it's kind of like a mercenary transaction. His station in life is going to increase if he does a right. good job with Pinocchio. This is his chance for promotion. Timothy doesn't need anything. Mm. he's got it figured out. He knows how to exist within this circus. He knows how to manipulate the ringmaster when he needs to. He doesn't need anything. And when he shows up and he sees Dumbo, he sees someone in need. And because he's a good person, he just does the work. There's Mm -hmm. a baby who needs to be taken care of. And if the elephants aren't going to do it, then it's up to Timothy Mouse to do it. And, He doesn't second guess it for a second. He is constantly working to make sure that Dumbo is protected and that Dumbo's needs are being met. There's the sequence where Dumbo is really, really sad and Timothy can't figure out exactly what to say because he thinks at first it's about about botching the Mm -hmm. pachyderm pyramid. Right. Right. And then he realizes, oh, no, this is about some this is about being lonely and he mm-hmm. makes up this, what is clearly a lie. Oh, look, I got an appointment for you to see your mother. Come on, didn't I tell you? And mm-hmm. and Dumbo immediately perks up and he yeah. brings Dumbo to his mother. He does everything with no expectation of a reward just because it's right. He puts himself, unlike Mr. Cricket, in service to Dumbo's story. Right, right. Whereas Jiminy yeah. is like constantly trying to push Pinocchio this way or pull Pinocchio that way. Timothy Mm -hmm. is constantly saying, what does Dumbo need? I'm going to go and get it. You know, there's another mouse in the Disney canon. Um, Maybe a couple of them, but this one has a lot in common common with the mouse that I'm thinking of in particular, and that he's a stand-up guy. Uh, I I feel like I should know who this is. (laughs) Uh, Ricky? Uh, it rhymes. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, but but Tim, you're right that Timothy sees potential in Dumbo as like the ninth wonder of the universe, right? Yeah. Where others dismiss Dumbo as being flawed. And I think it's interesting, like, Timothy almost becomes a father figure to Dumbo in a lot of ways, especially in the, in the moment where he goes, well, you know, I guess if this, and he turns his back and Dumbo's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Like and, and the way he conspires with the crows and and gets the you know gets some ideas on how how does this happen? It's good. I mean, he really is. Um, he's the right man for the job when his mother's gone 
um, here comes Timothy to kind of show him show him how things are. And I get the sense that even though Timothy's dressed as a ringmaster and whatever, he feels to me like he understands Dumbo as an outcast. Yeah. Right. He's I, I mean, nobody goes to the circus to see a mouse, right? No. Um, what I also like, it's this is subtle. I like how Dumbo always hold Timothy's tail to follow him. Yes. Uh, as if as if Timothy has has imprinted himself on Dumbo, right? That's adorable. It's right. Like, yeah. That, who else has Dumbo got? So so Timothy leads the herd and, and he'll follow him just like he's supposed to be able to attach himself to one of the other elephants. He can't. Timothy's yeah. all he's got. But Timothy is more than enough. He's and, all he needs. Yeah. And yeah. that, I think, is the lesson. You can split protagonist function between two characters when the mm-hmm. two characters are going in the same direction. Right. right? They both, you know, they both are heading in the same place. So it's fine. It works yeah. here in a way so in which don't... it doesn't work in Pinocchio. Yeah. So we don't have any protagonist problems in this movie, I don't think, because I think Dumbo is the clear protagonist of this movie. And I think... And Timothy yeah. provides a voice... Yeah, I think he's on his arc. I mean, yes. he's kind of the he's kind of the errand to his Moses, right? Yes. Um, but but yeah, like when I think about w- the problems that you mentioned in pre-production, you mentioned that there might be a problem with the antagonist of this. Well, movie. I mean, the problem is there isn't an antagonist really, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or at least no one who. So listen, we could say that the other elephants are antagonists, yeah. right? But they don't right. do anything. They right? don't have any power. They don't they're they're not empowered enough. All they can do is ignore him. And that's not great. Well, I, the conflict here feels like it's like conflict against society, and the society is the circus and the way things work in the circus where people get used and people are uh, and, and elephants get used and it's all could, about the show. You right. could say the clowns are the antagonists because they're putting Dumbo up so high and they don't care about his life. Right. But but they don't they no one is no one is active. It's it is you're right. It's more a societal structure issue than it is mm-hmm. anything else here. Um and listen, I don't know that it's a flaw in the movie that we don't have an antagonist. Oh but, no. I mean, look, Winnie the Pooh doesn't really have a strong antagonist function either. It's, it's just, it's just, I, you, you end up being like, I hate that boy with the big ears, right? Like that's, he's the one, he's the problem, but he's, right. he's there for 15 <laughs> seconds. Right. But he's, he's also a function of how the circus works, right? The circus is a show and there he is, he's there to gawk and whatever. And what kid wouldn't look at some animal with big ears and say, ah, he's hilarious or, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so we're talking to structural societal issues as the antagonistic force here, and it, it and it's tough. But I mean, it, I think in the cartoon world it works. I think as far as a, a stronger, you know, triumph for Dumbo. It, how do I want to say this? Like the payoff of him being back with his mother is awesome, and the payoff that he can fly is awesome. But I also want this moment of like. They've been separated to get from each other. And by whom? Who did the separating? So, and can that person or entity be brought to justice? It, I think that would be a more satisfying ending to the dramatic question of 
you know, are they going to be reunited? Yeah, I, I and I guess if you play off like the other elephants not wanting Dumbo to take attention away from them, that they're mm-hmm. the stars of the show and they're concerned about him upstaging them right. to a certain degree. Maybe if Caddy has her own little way of whispering into the ringleader's ears, make him a clown, then we would feel the antagonist yeah. a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, I, d- I don't know that that choice needs to be made, but it, it's a way they could go. Yeah, when they, I mean, they lo- who did the locking up of Mrs. Jumbo as a mad elephant? Like, who did that, right? We, we just see her in this cage all of a sudden. So, yeah, I think we need... I think we need more and we certainly have the time to do it i mean it's it's a it's, a, it's not a long movie and no, the time it really the isn't. time that you spent on the roustabouts could easily be nixed <laughs> we could we could do something a little different maybe um all right well let's talk about themes so i mean the theme here is believing in yourself mm-hmm. mother's love mm-hmm. is another theme uh you know uh, and, and I think, I think, you know, the need for a community to love, mm-hmm. uh, t- through Timothy, not through the elephants, obviously. Oh, it's that, friendship. That, it's about yeah. friendship. Yeah. Friendship. Yeah. I, and I think they're laid out pretty, pretty clearly throughout the movie. I wish, I wish I could pull something out a little bit more that was deeper and would really impress you. But, but I think, I think, you know, this is a movie that is easy for a kid to understand. Mm-hmm. They get it. Well, and there's this ultimate idea of, you know, what happens when you don't belong. Right. You know, and, and what is it that, and, and, you know, you may be down, but you're not out. Yeah. Feeling and like I, an outcast, feeling yeah, lonely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So pitch time. <laughs> I really struggle with this one. So I hope you I like my too, pitch. I did too, if that helps. <laughs> oh, good. So given the failed attempt at Dumbo 2, uh, which I think, you know, could have been all right. Um, it, I maybe, mean, uh, you know, the premise is answering yeah. a question that Dumbo asks. Right. He's Jumbo Jr. So right. who was Jumbo Sr. Right. Um, that, that makes uh, sense. But we can't sense. take that. That's not our pitch. No, it's not our pitch. And then the live action adaptation by Tim Burton in 2019, which, you know, given I you'd think I'd have some time on my hands to watch this and I just haven't. Um, That's for our podcast when we get to like 2044. Oh, good. Good. Glad we'll have material then. Um, what do we do with this uh, material here? All right. I have a couple of ideas, but neither of them is a full out pitch. Okay. Same. So one question that I have is why can Dumbo fly? Mm -hmm. Which, which is never answered. um, And I don't really have an answer to, but you could do sort of, and this is a stretch an X-Men style movie. Mm-hmm. Where Dumbo has the power of flight, but maybe there are other animals around the world who have powers, and they're they're gathered up together to form like a little superhero team of baby animals. I could I could see that being a Disney Junior show, yeah. right? Yeah, like call, you call it Dumbo's Circus, and you, yeah, you maybe yeah. put Bongo on a unicycle, and uh, that's the that's the bear from Fun and Fancy Free. Sure, a uh, couple of other characters with weird powers. Ka the Python can hypnotize people and uh, and you put them together and and there you go. Um, the other thing I came up with is this question. Are we seeing the next step in elephant evolution? Will Dumbo's children also be able, be to, able fly. to fly? Oh, uh, are that's we, are really we good. Gonna, um, Tag 
But that's really Andy, good. Here's my yeah. twist on it that I just came up with. Uh huh. Uh huh. Dumbo has four children. Three of them can fly. One can't. Oh, and our protagonist really is about the one elephant of the four who can't fly. He sees his brothers and sisters up in the air oh, and can't. So and he wants to find his own way to fly. I'm fleshing this out as we go. He's going to try to find his <laughs> own way to fly. He's an elephant who dreams of flying like his brothers and sisters. Yeah. And he wants to go on a journey to learn how to do it. He's going to try to find his own way. I love it. I, I, I see him like getting Da Vinci's wings. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just, I just put him in an airplane. Um, yeah. I just, I, yeah, that, I that's think that's awesome. the end of the movie. I think he learns to fly a plane and he can fly with his brothers and sisters. That'd be awesome. I love it. All right. So I want to send Dumbo to outer space <laughs> to, oh. to establish the first uh, circus colony on Mars. Okay. <laughs> I don't that know. is outside the box and I love it. <laughs> it makes me wonder how you design an astronaut helmet Right, or an elephant in a trunk. Right, and what if he powers a rocket? Like, what if he has that kind of power? Wow. I, I mean, there's a whole lot going on there, but that was literally the first thing I thought of, and I thought, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I can't think of anything. I'm. What if, what if, Andy, <laughs> Mars is entirely populated by elephants that can fly, mm, and nice. Dumbo belongs there? Nice, nice. What if he found, finds his people? There you go. Let's try. He's an right. alien. I love That's it. why he can fly. That's He's not he actually fly. an elephant. I mean, he came from a cloud, right? So uh, that, he was misdelivered to the wrong planet. This is the <laughs> Superman story. Maybe it's it the is. power of the sun that gives it Dumbo is. the... Dumbo, when you arrive in Florida, <laughs> you will have powers beyond that of other elephants. <laughs> now we just have to find out what his kryptonite is and his Lex Luthor, and we're, we're in business. I, I, I think his kryptonite is clearly alcohol, but okay. <laughs> I, I think well, we should wrap this up. We're, we're I do, silly. I do. What movie are we tackling next week, Larry? Andy, next week we are blatantly breaking our rules. I know. I know. We are. Because we are going to do 1979, the Muppet movie. And uh. I know people are going to say, this is not a Disney movie. This is true. What is also true? I don't care. <laughs> I want to talk about the Muppet movie. So we're going to do the Muppet movie. I. You have to know, like, I'm so excited that Disney bought this franchise for maybe the only reason that you and I get to talk about it, that movie on this podcast. And while this movie was not part of Disney when it was made, right. the mu subsequent Muppet movies will call back to this movie, and that's right. how I'll justify us doing it. But I don't need to justify anything to anybody. We wanna, so we're gonna. <laughs> It's our podcast. That's right. Get That's right. Podcast. We give it away for free. So That's right. That's right. Well, Money if, back if you, guaranteed. <laughs> well, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and will you share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And please, oh, please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. You can tweet us at, at Andy Redwine or at Larry Brenner 6 or drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon. <laughs>